It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of The Table. My name is Jason Squires. I am the host of this podcast and today I'm joined by one of my good friends. We actually haven't seen each other in a long time, um, but we're kind of got to connect here. And hey, Jeff, how's it going, man? Hey, bud. Good to see you again. Yeah, it's been it's been too long. It's been too long. Uh, I'm excited that yeah. you were able to do this today. Tell us about Jeff Eberhardt and, and kind of tell us where you're coming from and what you're doing. Yeah, so I'm the current creative arts director at Bridgeway Christian Church in, in Roseville, California. And I've been here almost 12 years now. So I've been in this role for a long time. And, yeah. and I've held different, kind of different uh, roles, I guess, at the church. But this is kind of where I've landed for the last few years. And I'm really enjoying it because I get to help lead a, a team of creatives and techs and um, support the church here uh our, our our building but specifically to the community at large right and so i'm not just here for one entity i'm here to serve so good man yeah. so good and loving and working with creatives kind of probably brings its own its own challenges working with <laughs> you're like yeah i don't, don't want to answer that question <laughs> it's, no it, it's like it's across the board it's really funny because you know it's for the role that i have Sorry, my airpiece keeps falling out. But the role that I have, um, you get like the whole gamut, right? So yeah. you have people that are very left brain, very right brain, and you, and basically we're taking them all, putting them together, and trying to create something beautiful with it, right? Yes, and something that works. And so, like, I, I don't know very many industries and or professions where you're kind of forced into that juxtaposition and yep. having to make it work well. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's fun. It keeps me on my toes. I love it. Hey, well, so this month we're talking about creativity and kind of maintaining creativity um, in ministry and in the church. And I was like, you're the guy you're doing this. And so uh, and you you do a lot with atmosphere and production and visuals and kind of the you've kind of spent a lot of time. We, you and I a long time ago, we used to do these workshops where you're doing stage design and um, working with worship leaders. And so um, my question for you is worship leaders can spend a lot of time trying to sound good you know, creating set lists, focusing on the admin work um, and maybe neglecting their environment. Like, so why would, what would you say, or why would you say it's important to focus on, um, on, 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 on the environment in the room? Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to discount the first things that you said in that list. You know, I, I think it's, it's great to spend a lot of time in the administrative work and organizing and coming prepared, um, pursuing excellence. Those are all worthy goals to chase after as a worship leader um sometimes not often but sometimes i've seen scenarios where that is the end goal and not what we're actually i think aiming for which is really leading people to the throne uh having an opportunity for entanglement with god um where he can really you can minister to him and him to you in your heart mm -hmm. and i think that, that it's um if we can get there um, one of the best ways to do it from my perspective and what I've been gifted at is to create an environment that invites that. 
And so what I mean by that is people feel when they walk into your space, and I'm not just talking about the worship center, I'm talking about the entirety of your organization, your church building, your campus, your elementary school, multi-purpose you know, room, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, what do they feel when they walk in? Like, is, what environment have you created that fits the culture that you're trying to be and how you're trying to brand yourself? So that, you know, like, what, how what does the coffee taste like? What music do you have playing? What are the color choices that you've thrown on the walls or on the stage? You know, what's on the on the LED wall or on the projector screen? Uh, what are they getting in their hand when they walk in? What does that feel like? Like, does that paper feel flimsy? Does it feel like it's maybe got some substance to it? All those things, I think, really help set a stage for focus. And that's really the word that I have to come back to when I'm talking about environments is, is what am I trying to get people to focus on, right? And so have I thought through the steps and the processes of getting people to kind of release what they're like their whole week or maybe their month or things that they're going through and I'm inviting them into an environment where they're having a, an opportunity with other believers or people who are trying to figure out what this is to experience God and so I think that there's um, so many facets to that to explore and hopefully we can dive into some of that in our conversation yeah. oh absolutely that that I love that you went to the way the coffee tastes the way the paper in your hand like actually experiencing yeah. all the little things that we might uh, kind of overlook and and think it's just going to be, it'll be fine. You know, well, that's what we can do. That's what we're, that's what, that's what that looks like. And, you know, we don't, um, and you mentioned the multi-purpose room of the school. It's like, well, this is the room we're in. It's just what we're given, but you can actually right. take those spaces and actually make them, make them make sense for your environment and what you're doing and, um, and kind of removing the distraction that comes from, uh, being in a space like that, you know, I've, I travel a lot and I see a lot of, uh, travel out to different churches and I see, I can walk in a room and go there, this room has been, uh, you get, people kind of just become comfortable with what something looks like. And you realize, mm -hmm. um, there's like that pile of, of stuff in the corner, uh, just has sat there for several weeks, but it, it's just, it'll be fine. Like, as we don't, we don't mm -hmm. see it anymore because it's been in the room. So like, I love the intentionality of making sure that what you're doing and what you're seeing is, is, is part of that. Um, no, yeah. you... and I oh, think a part, a part, sorry, real quick. I just think a part of that is trying to find fresh eyes um, because you get so used to seeing something and so used to the way that it is that, yeah. you know, if you don't engage the the new eyes into the situation, you're going to miss it. Right. So they're, they're going to see like, well, why do you guys do this? And they ask the, you know, the important questions like how come that piles up there and, um, that seems like that's odd. Like how long has that been there? You know, if you can engage somebody that's willing to communicate and re re reply with that live feedback for you, that's gold. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now with, with all of these little things and like the nuances about rooms and um, where do you find inspiration for some of these things and like the stage ideas, you know, you talked about even yeah. colors in the room and like what, where do you find like inspiration to, to kind of proceed through that? Yeah. And, and the way that I'm wired is I find inspiration in so, so many things. Yeah. Um, and the biggest tool that I have, honestly, is this. Um, I take pictures of everything. And yeah. so as a, as, a, as a visual learner and then a visual experiencer, um, somebody where a classroom setting uh, wasn't necessarily great for me. I did well in school, but it didn't feed any part of my creative being. 
it didn't get me closer to being able to do what I'm really good at. And so that's why I, I pursued a film degree and I went to Hollywood and I did that whole thing, but I was surrounding myself with tangible visual experiences that I could really dive into and try to figure out an experience. And um, <clears throat> so for drawing on, on the things that inspire me, it, it's across the gamut, you know, some, some people need nature, some people need, I know uh, artwork or sculpture. Some people need experiences, a concert. I need it all. And um, like, it's crazy, but one of the things that really early on in my professional career drove where I was drawing inspiration from was Las Vegas. And it wasn't because I wanted to go and gamble and sit in the casino and breathe everybody else's smoke and, you know, like all that kind of gross like, stuff of Vegas. None of that like, sounds like, appealing. <laughs> no, not at all. Especially to somebody who's asthmatic, right? That's like That's a nightmare. Right. Um, but uh, I remember going into like New York, New York. It's one of the casinos there. And they built like streets of New York, like small versions of them within their building. And it made you feel like you were there. Oh, and I was like, yeah. this is really cool. I'd never thought of creating like a city inside of a building in that, in that capacity. And then you're looking at like, well, how do they design this, the architecture? How do they light this? So it feels like, you know, it kind of dissolves away the skyline. Um, and I use that as inspiration. We like at this church, when I first started here, uh, I use that as inspiration to build a village in our parking lot at Christmas time. And we invited people to come and interact with that village called a Christmas Remembered. And that was my inspiration for it in a casino of all places. Right. And so for me, and I go back and I look, I scroll through my phone and I look at my images and sometimes I have no idea why I took a picture, but a lot of it, I would say 40% of the stuff that I snapping photos of is something that draws my attention. Like, Oh, I could recreate that. Oh, I could turn that into a, a background. I could, there's an element of this that would be super easy to superimpose onto the stage and then build off of that. And so I'm constantly like, there'll be commercials on TV and you know, I'll hold up my phone and I'm like, click, you know, <laughs> like, because I see something on there that is, because that's what the phone makes, you know, it, it needs the click sound in order for, you know, it to work and capture the photo. I'm kidding. But, <laughs> but I, I, I see stuff on there that is just like, it's just beautiful to me, you know, and it's like on screen for 0.5 seconds. And yeah. I will, I've, I've taken photos of that and then shown some of the teams, I was like, Hey, I want to recreate this vibe or this look. And then we go and we, and we chase after it. And so I'm constantly doing that. I love taking pictures of like macro stuff of flowers or the way things silhouette. Um, so beyond the 40% of what's on my phone for just inspiration of things that I see everywhere and catalog, yep. it's all my kids. Right. So. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, we're going to Disneyland next week. And I'm really excited exactly. for that for that reason, actually, because I go and I kind of dissect I dissect the park and the the perfection that exists inside Disneyland mm -hmm. with like the music and the fireworks and the lights and the everything. You just my brain yeah. is like, this is magic. You know, this is um and kind yeah. of take, taking away things um, like you mentioned, how the how the, the, the skyline disappears. And um, I've been reading a lot on. The uh, I just finished a book by uh, that was called Be Our Guest. It's Disney's Disney's customer service and how they do customer service. Um, fabulous book for anybody that's looking for um, looking for something to like, kind of engage the environment. And um, I just finished that book, and then I'm I'm currently reading uh, Bob Iger's um, 
uh, kind of a biography about his his life and ministry mm-hmm. and le- life and leadership. And um, it's fascinating. So I'm looking forward to coming back from that in the, in the next week, just because I haven't been there for since pre-COVID. Um, and we used to go pretty regularly for this reason. In, yeah, um, I, lived, I lived in SoCal uh, when I was in, obviously in film school. And um, one of the Disneyland was a like, you know, it, back then it was super cheap if you lived in Southern California. But yep. um, now that's not the case. But nope. <laughs> um, but one of the, you know, like the, the intentionality, I think, is probably the key. Like yep. They've they've figured it out. Like there's a reason that they pump scents into the air on Main Street because they want to make you hungry. There's the reason that they play the music in the key that they play it because they want to make you happy, right? There's a reason why the buildings uh, are lit the way they are because they want you to your brain to kind of think that it's bigger than it is, right? Yep. So they've they've really engaged all of your senses to create the happiest place, you know, air quotes uh, on Earth because that's how you should end up feeling when you leave that space. And also, like, like they're no, no dummies. Like they they know how to get money out of your wallet and into right. theirs and right. so like they're playing they're playing on those senses with the colors they choose and the music they choose you know there's a reason why if you go shopping uh, in any any uh, grocery store like they're playing music for people that is appropriate to their age like it's going to make you feel a certain way and maybe i'm a little bit happier i remember that song that was really cool and in that moment you're like i'm also going to buy these cheetos because that reminds me of when i was in high school or whatever it is yeah. like they're they're just playing on the psychology and the emotions that are enwrapped, you know, wrapped around those experiences and you know the environment that they put you within. So yeah, it's, they, it's smart. It's kind of scary too. It, totally. In the book, of the uh, be our guests are talking about how the Imagineers would walk around on their on with with knee pads on on their knees in the park to get a get a kid's view of the park to see what the kids are seeing at their at height. <laughs> Um, and so they dropped like on Main Street, they've dropped the window level down so kids can walk down Main Street and look directly into yeah. the windows as if they're uh, as if they're up at adult level. And um, right. and and so it's just amazing. I also learned that they they buy <laughs> I thought this is kind of gross, but for the Haunted Mansion, they buy five pound bags of dust in order to put them into the into the uh, into the ride. Um, and like, like who, where, where are you buying dust from? But anyway, um, exactly. yeah, you could yes. buy some from me, I, I'll sell you some. I was got, I could sell it, I'll get you, I'll get you good 10 pound bags if you want. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Yeah. Great price for you, great price. price. Great, it's right, right, right. Uh, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, now let's talk about budget for a second and kind of minute and leadership. Yeah. Now, what would you say to the person whose uh, automatic first response is, We don't have the budget for that? And also, can you kind of include in there? um like how to kind of talk to leadership about vision and kind of ideas around that because it's like the 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 minute you go i have this idea and the response is we don't have the budget but typically you have the budget for something that you find value and so i want to kind of where do you sit with that and kind of how does that work yeah it's it's a great question and you know having done this for a long time I've, i've ran into that a lot right um i think that there's i don't always and and maybe this is my own limitation but i don't always see no as no i see it as kind of a crossroads like okay we don't have the budget for for that but what do you have the budget for right that's one of those roads okay and then the other one is we don't have the budget for that but we really want this feel or this vibe okay how am i going to get super resourceful in this moment 
right? And so you can you can approach those and go down both paths, or you kind of pick one or the other, you know. And so like the first conversation is if it's the worship leader or if it's leadership, you know, we we really need our sound to get better, or we really need better lighting. Uh, great, you know. So then you go get your research. It's going to cost X amount of dollars. There's no way we'll never have money for that. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. Like, so then you, you get into the weeds a little bit, and you're saying, well, what is the priority of your lighting looking better? Like on the scale of things that are important to you in technical production or the experience or the environment that we're creating, you know, is the sound quality more important to you? Is the look more important to you? Is the ability to live stream and for that to feel, you know, really good coming out of what we're creating here because if if everything is important you know nothing's important right if every amp on stage is at 11 then like you hear nothing you just hear noise right and so i think you really have to kind of dissect a little bit of that question yeah and help them answer answer their own question in what is what is important because honestly I, it's very rare that i see that that <clears throat> what is important needing to be driven from um the person that's creating the environment usually in that when you're in that role you're supporting somebody else's vision right, right. and right, so right, right, right. whoever's 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 drawing that vision and coming up with it probably has in what their mind the things that are important you know is it the message that's being spoken is it the what people are feeling um is it in the follow-up that's going to fall that's going to come from that you know you need to as a creative and as somebody who's supporting that environment that is being created like how do you you need to find out what's important to them and then i think then you can engage the conversation a little more realistically um okay so again we don't have the budget for that great what do you have the budget for you know i have right, a side right. business and and i've worked with a lot of clients over the years and uh, i've done my share of weddings and uh, commercials for broadcast and stuff. And, you know, I, I can come and I can propose to them you know, like a sheet of, Hey, this is what all the costs are. And this is what we can create. And here's some idea. Here's some stuff I've done in the past. And this is what it costs. Oh, that there's just no way. Great. That's totally fine because not every church is a, is a mega church. You know, right. some churches are 30 people. Some are 200, some are, you know, multiple thousands. Like that's fine. God has a specific purpose and intention for all of those communities. And I think that's fantastic. But you need to know, like, okay, well, where, where are we starting from? Like, you've got 200 bucks for this stage design. Great. That's good to know. I know now that I need to really crank up my resourcefulness uh, and my community and, you know, who's got stuff that I can barter for, trade for, <laughs> what can I get on for free, you know? And so, like, case in point, I work at a mega church, but we were at a point in our fiscal year, this is like last year or the year before, where we had kind of spent what we had. And we had this really cool vision of what we wanted people to experience when they walked in. Well, great. But I already spent that money. Like it's, it's gone. So now right. what do I do? Well, right. then I went down, I went down the resourceful path. Okay. At my house, I know that I have a fence that's falling over and I know that we're looking for this rustic vibe. So what did I do? I took down the rest of the fence. I removed all the boards that were part of that fence. I cut down the pieces that were rotted and I used all of the fence on my property that I was just going to take to the dump. And I created uh, our stage design out of it and it worked it was really cool and it That's lit awesome. up really well and it had this rustic vibe and it cost us 200 dollars, right and so i was able to create something for a stage that was 50 feet wide with something i got for free because it's sitting in my backyard right and so like you can go down those paths of resourcefulness yep and still create be beauty but if that's you know you have to kind of understand like how important is that because that really required a lot more of my time yep you know which is not a not a free commodity 
like your employees or the church staff or your volunteers, that's all has value to it, right? It's not just because we didn't spend money on something that didn't cost the church something. So that's, you know, you kind of have to pick and choose which, which, which route you take on that. But that's what I mean by resourcefulness. There's, there's always a way to get something for free. Like, man, go on Facebook marketplace or next door. People are giving away stuff all the time. You just have to have the time to kind of browse it and, and reach out and be willing to go pick it up, find somebody with a truck. If you don't have one and start kind of a collection of things that you could use for, for that. And then, then get creative. Like, one of the things I think we did like a workshop years ago and that I really encourage people to do is like, make sure that you're walking down Home Depot aisles and Lowe's aisles and just kind of looking at like, what is this thing? And how could I use this for something completely different that has nothing to do with what it's intended for, but it's it would really light well, or it would give me like really neat texture that like would just capture really well on video or it would help highlight or focus people on who's speaking because it has kind of a directional vibe to it. If you're not doing that and as a creative and as an environmental designer, you're kind of missing out because that stuff refreshes all the time. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's an, I literally love going to Home Depot and like walking through the aisles and then asking a worker a question where and, and, and he's like, why? Oh, you don't want it for your house. No, no, I don't. I need it to do X, Y and Z. This is a part in my head that I'm thinking about or, you know, that in order to, mm-hmm. in order to do whatever. And he's like, that doesn't exist. You know, what, what, or like, that's not a thing. I'm like, okay, fine. Let me figure it out. But I was at a church a while back that had this yeah. like diamond look up on the stage. Like it was just these cool uh, designs. And I walked up to realize they were paper plates that were stapled to the wall. Yeah. And like the guy was like, I bought a box of a thousand on Amazon. It was like, you know, 60 bucks or, and, uh, the whole stage design was literally paper plates lit up, and when and, and when you lit them up, they just they just popped. It was really cool. Um, yeah, and the, I think one of the things to remember too is, uh, as a designer, most people are not standing, you know, like they would in your house or something, you know, a couple of feet away from whatever yeah. it is that you're building. You know, like in our space, the nearest seat to the stage elements that we're creating is like thirty feet. Right. And right. so like keep that in mind as, as you're designing something. Like nobody's analyzing this. They're just going like, oh, that's cool. You know, that looks nice. Like I like you want them to be drawn into the moment rather than like, ah, oh, that looks weird. Or wow, that's so cool. I'm only gonna pay attention to this. So that's another conversation is, you know, like what is the purpose of environmental design? It's not to be the thing, it's to point people towards the thing. Totally. Right? Totally. Now yeah. uh, some of these like ideas where it's like you know paper plates on the wall and stuff like that do you have like a a good resource that might give some people ideas on those kind of things or is or is, or, or is that does that even exist where it's like hey try paper plates yeah on the one, wall, of the, right? one of the yeah i think i think that one really that concept kind of blew up on a church design ideas which is a website and, and i follow them on, on social and like basically their ask is, I think Jonathan's the guy that proctors it, but he's like, send me what you did. Like, I want to see what you did for Easter or for Christmas this year or for your youth camp. And then people will just submit uh, like an image of, or images of the final product. And then they'll also give you like, I did these 14 steps to get to this thing, you know, and it cost me 60 bucks in 1000 paper plates. And so that idea I saw for the first time, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago where they had taken like uh, bowls or something and they'd like flip them backwards and stuck them to their wall and it created this kind of pixel pattern across it. And yep. That's great. What a good what a good idea. 
And so like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. I think is kind of what you're getting at is right. Like people have probably tried some of this crazy stuff. Right. And they're willing to share their process with you. You know, like that's one of Jonathan's things with church design ideas. He's like, Hey, like, how did you do that? Because I've got 40 other churches wanting to do something similar and they don't know where to start. So like, we are not, to be in this industry and as the church, we are not to like hold so tightly to our own creativity. Like, I feel like it's something we need to share. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, that's church design ideas. I think, I believe that's the Instagram handle actually too, is at church design ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's mainly it. where I follow them. Yeah. And yeah. I've submitted a few of the things that we've done here. So you probably search my name. You find, find some of the crazy stuff I try to do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, now talk to the worship leader who is in a facility that has looked the same for many many years how would you go about facilitating a conversation that leads to creating a new environment um and also i how do we get people on on board with the idea of change because you know you get, go to some older I mean, yeah. older older rooms where it's like it's looked this way for years and it's now time to kind of paint the back wall or just kind of modernize things um kind of walk us through some of those ideas yeah, um, not super in-depth on this, but like a couple of the ideas I had for that question that you said was, you know, finding out like what is what is the culture of that of that community um, and what are they trying to be? Like, do they want to be something other than what they present or is that really what they're trying to be? And then I think there's ways to engage them on um, like, who are you trying to attract into this community? Because if your goal is just to, have your group of friends and then all of you guys age out and then everybody grows white hair or bald like me. And then that's it. And then the church is done. Then I feel like you've missed something along okay. the way. Yep. Like there's, there, there are communities for that where are in retirement communities, but I, but I don't think that that is the goal of the big C church is to just do one thing and then that's it forever. Um, I had to imagine that like the ax church when they were getting going, you know, and they're meeting people's houses and they were needing bigger spaces that they weren't just like, well, this is the way it's forever going to be. We're just going to meet at, you know, Jimbo's house. And um, he always serves, you know, this food and we only have room for 20. Like, that's not the point. The point was to share the good news. And so part of that was expanding where they were meeting or how they were trying to reach the people that they wanted to meet. Right. So I think that um, circling back, like engaging people who are willing to listen on that conversation is like, what, what kind of, um, what products, what, what organizations do you like, do you follow and like, why, like, what, what is it about Disney that like you think is really rad? You know, what is it about Nike that like, you're like, yeah, I'm going to buy that product. You know, like those people are constantly in a, in a sense those people, those organizations, in the sense of um, redefining who they are or what they are. Now they can carry like a theme throughout. They can carry what like what grounds them and roots them. Yeah, but yeah. they're changing the, the environment. They're changing the things around it to keep it fresh, to keep it interesting. Because the second that they don't, they're kind of left in the weeds and people are more interested in the next shiny, flashy thing. And then unfortunately in our society, I mean, if you look at commercials alone, they used to be, 60 seconds, 30 seconds, 15, five seconds, three second spots. Like our attention span is so short. Like we almost have this built in expectation now that we need to be entertained or we need our senses to be completely, you know, like thrown in order for us to pay attention to something. And so um, my conversation with that 
you know, somebody who's kind of stuck or who's just kind of been doing the same thing because it's easy or because it's what feels comfortable is, is that really your goal? Is your goal for people to just come in and just be comfortable and never attract somebody new or change things up uh, to make it interesting for the people that are there? And I think about like real estate, like you're in a constant state of, you know, people are selling homes, like trying to make it and stage it and look appealing to what that type of buyer would want to see, right? Not everybody can visualize a space that's empty. So they'll bring in a real estate agent, they rent a bunch of furniture and they arrange it specifically because they're trying to attract a certain type of buyer to that home. Okay. Well, in my church building, like what type of congregant am I trying to attract into this space that would want to call this home, want to call this community? I, I, if I was to thread a needle through everything that you're saying, I feel like it's coming back to asking questions, being on board with vision, and mm-hmm. and always making sure that you are connecting with the people that are there. I lo- I I love I love that because what is what I feel like in today's world in church, we're we try to just like make ourselves look like somebody that we're not, or it's it's trying to mm-hmm. go, everybody looks a certain way. I got to make my church look and look a certain way. It's like no, what's what is going to reach the people that are in your room and, and asking those questions um, and not just, yeah. not, not just doing it to do it, but to do it with intentionality. And I, I, I love that. Yeah, Who does God, who's, who's God bringing to your, to your doorstep? Like who's yep. across the street? Like, are you trying to be like the big church across town because they have thousands of people and their live stream is awesome and they have all the best, you know, concerts that come through there. Or are you trying to serve the community? God has asked you to serve. Right? Yeah. And so like, we are in a, a, a town of multiple mega churches, you know, and there was, you know, there was a saying a lot of times in our creative spaces, like, well, we're not trying to be like them, you know? And like, I actually meant that, like, yeah, we're trying to be who God asked us to be and, and to minister to the people that he needs us to minister to. That's not for me to decide. It's for me to be receptive to. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Now for you guys, and then this will be different for everybody, but for you guys, how often are you kind of rotating what your stage looks like? Are you leaving it a certain way for a certain amount of time or are you guys, yeah. is, is it, is it sermon based or uh, not sermon based series based? What, what's kind of your um, process with that? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of, that's morphed over the years for us. Um, I love change. Like I was the kid at home that would like constantly rearrange my room because I just mm-hmm. needed my brain to be stimulated with something different. Yep. Um, so that was me. So like when I started in ministry and I started doing stage design for me, it was, like every month or two. And um, I think it's probably more than most people care for. That was just, that was maybe a selfish kind of like ploy. Like I just need this to feel and look different, you know? And then I know that there are churches that will vibe their stage to match a sermon series, which is great. Uh, especially if your sermon series is, you know, only four or six long uh, weekends yeah. long. But um, for us, for us over the years and the priorities of like my time and my investment, my teams and things that we've decided that are maybe more important than, than a new stage design. We've kind of morphed into more of the Christmas and Easter and um, to be able to utilize the financial resources and the, and the people that are willing to like contribute and utilize that, that kind of manpower to really pour into something that could be really cool for Easter. But I'm always thinking, and how can that still play into the new year? Cause we do like yearly themes here. And how, how I don't want it to feel like Christmas by the time it's March, you know, yep. and we're leading into Easter. I, I still want it to be something that's interesting enough. And so one of the things that I've had to do 
is morph away from being so hyper-specific about what the visuals I'm creating and something that's maybe a little more abstract that we can play with and make it feel Christmassy and then remove those elements and it still feels cool and it's still a cool vibe yep. and it's not distracting from the message. Yeah. And so we, we get two a year and then fortunately God's blessed us uh, in our community uh, with the ability to get a, a large LED wall. And so we can change the content on that to really change the color vibe on stage or the yeah. dynamic or, you know, uh, to brand a series. And it feels fresh every single time. Cause it's just, it's like, Oh, that feels new. Yeah, it's just a different image on the wall. Yeah. 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 And that's true. I guess in today's internet with the technology now, you can, you can make things just by changing color in a space. You can, you can, yep. the room looks different. And um, that wasn't always, that wasn't as that's, yeah, that's where we're at now. I love it. I love it, man. This is well, and so I good. think like like the this is rad. I, real quick, like the the coloring yeah, cool. the the walls, I think is so important. I think you, like the the LED technology and what you can buy for the price point is it's dropped so much over time. And it's always been a goal of mine, and not until recently I've been able to do this to be able to color the walls and not just make something that's straight in front of you, um, like something that we're all looking at. But I'm trying to bring what's up there and kind of surround the community that's in that space. And make them feel like they're a part of it, right? A lot of my stage designs will come off the stage if I can, or they'll have elements that come into the lobby space yeah. because I want to create that that vibe all the way through. And I, I feel like coloring the walls at the price point that you can do it now, it, I mean, it's so cheap in, in comparison. I remember, you know, you'd have to have so much power before like a decade ago. You'd have to have really expensive lights or gels that were replacing all the time to pull this stuff off. And now for 100, 200 bucks, you can throw you know pars all the way down your walls and it's like it's too easy yeah right yep. <laughs> so it's like uh, awesome. and then you walk in that space and you're like oh the walls are blue and purple and also the stage lighting is blue and purple yeah. oh that was a cool vibe and they had like some artwork that is blue and purple oh i get i get the vibe that's going on right now you know? that's so good man all right so i have a question for you if yes, i was to come over to your house for dinner because this I, I ask the food question all the time because good conversation mm-hmm. happens around good food. If I'm coming over to your house for dinner, what is on the table? What are you guys, what is it? Okay. What, what, what does your family do? What do you do? What, what What's kind of a thing that you guys do at your house? I love barbecuing, um, but we've been on this journey, my wife and I, in the last couple of years of trying to recreate something that is absolutely fantastic. And so I grew up in Oregon, in a small town called Corvallis, where Oregon State University is. And, um, there's a, a restaurant there called Local Boys with a Z on the end. And they had like, it's like a Hawaiian food thing. So they got this like super rad soaked in all these great sauces, chicken. And then they have like this Mac that's got some like mayo and pepper on it. And then the rice they do there. And so we've been on a journey at home uh, to recreate that. since obviously we can't get to Corvallis, Oregon from where we live. And um, so if you're ever in Corvallis, check out Local Boys. If you're ever in Lincoln and want to come to my house, I will try to recreate it for you, and you can get really close, but not quite there. Not quite there. There's a secret ingredient that no, yeah. that, that, that no one's telling you. Exactly. And it's somewhere at no random. One, no one's willing to random. share it with me. That's I don't get right. it. That's <laughs> right. You're like, because you're not a local boy. That's what that that because you yeah. you're from out of town. Basically. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. And I've got eight eight mouths to feed at home, and and there's never anything left. So I know that it's definitely getting close that's that's a lot of mouths to feed that's you know that's a lot yes, very expensive that's right <laughs> that's right you got to cook as much as you can on the grill in that in that world that's just get it mm-hmm. i love like it feeding an army you know? 
Oh, man, cool. Hey, how do we connect with you? What? How do we can? How can we connect with Jeff? Um, you mentioned some yeah. social media stuff earlier. Well, yeah, I'm on. I'm mainly on um, Instagram. I kind of stray away from Facebook uh, these days for various yeah. reasons. But if you want to find me on Instagram, my handle is at, at Eberhart three three three, and my last name spelled E D as in boy E R H A R D T three 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 and then also if you want to email me here at the church it's jeff at bridgeway.church i love it and i am a i'm an open resource and happy to happy to share what i know and what i have with anybody that asks this is why this is why i asked you to be on the podcast man because i know i i love that about you i love that about you hey man i appreciate you spending time today uh pouring into creatives and talking about this because i know that it's i know it's a passion of yours and um and I love that I'm, I'm going to, I love that it's still a passion of yours and it wasn't just something you did in the past, but you're still living it out and still um, every day yeah. kind of learning more about it and going to more casinos. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'll be right back. That's <laughs> right. That's right. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go to, gotta go to more yeah. casinos. So cool. <laughs> well, awesome. Thanks for, thanks for having me on the podcast. Bob. Yeah. No worries, man. All right, guys. We'll see everybody next week.